Welcome to the OAESP Principal Podcast. This podcast features elementary principals and assistant principals from the great state of Oklahoma. I'm Glenn Absher, the Executive Director of the Oklahoma Association of Elementary School Principals. Today on the podcast, we have Margaret Saunders Simpson. She is the principal of Wilson Elementary and Horace Mann Early Childhood Center with the Oklahoma City Public School District. So I'd like to welcome uh, Margaret Saunders Simpson to the podcast and hope you enjoy today's conversation. Margaret Saunders Simpson, thank you for joining the OAESP Principal Podcast. How, how are you today? Hi, thank you for having me. Yes, you bet. So Margaret is the principal of Wilson Elementary School uh, with the Oklahoma City uh, Public School District. And so, um, so Margaret, we're going to get started with the very first question. Tell our listeners, who is Margaret Saunders Simpson? And tell us about your path to the principalship. Yes, um, I am the principal over Wilson, and I also oversee Horse Man, our pre-K site. Um, both in Oklahoma City Public Schools. And I've been in the district or in education a little over 25 years. And I begin my path to the principalship through collaboration and encouragement from other great principals in my district. Um, They shared their experiences and love for the profession and they invited me to um, their professional organizations. And they always supported me in continuing my education to pursue my administration degree and now most recently um, toward a doctorate. Very, very good. So talk a little bit about, uh, you're, you're the leader of two different schools. Are they close to each other? Yes, about two and a half miles apart. So I have an assistant principal that stays at this location full time and another one that stays at the other location. So I visit both, but mostly I stay at the, um, the K through fourth grade center. Okay. All right. Well, very good. So, um, so Margaret, talk a little bit about who were some mentors that really poured into you uh, throughout your career? Well, some of my mentors along the way were outstanding principals, such as Carol Berry and Dr. Rochelle Converse and Dr. Jan Matthews, Natalie Johnson, Papa George, and uh, Linda DiZallo, Dr. DiZallo, and many more. Um, those exemplar administrators shared best practices with me. Um, along the way and have given me leadership opportunities um, to grow in my skills and the mentors. Um, there's some mentors in our district that they probably, and district personnel that probably don't even know that they're a mentor to me, but I've watched them over the years and they've inspired me. So I think that's why as leaders, we ha- always have to uh, set that bar high because we don't know who's watching us or what teachers are watching us to see if they wanna pursue a a degree in administration or become a principal. Um, So we have a lot of eyes on this. Yeah, yeah, and and you mentioned a couple of names there that that, that I knew, Uh, Natalie for for one, I've known her for a number of years, and then Dr. DiZallo, I've known for a long time. And so uh, both, both great, great, great people. So, um, Margaret, talk a little bit about your school, or or both your schools, really. What are some things that you do that shows your staff that they are supported and encouraged? Well, that's a great question, and I, you know, ask, uh, you can survey your teachers, but I ask, you know, my teachers, what 
what is one thing that I could do to, you know, help you feel appreciated? And they said, if you see it and it's something good, say it. So one thing that I've done is leave post-it notes um, on their walls in the room or their door. And I've signed it and my assistant principal leaves some. And I've noticed that these post-it notes stay on their walls. It's like a trophy. They're excited about that. We've also done... Um, Things don't have to cost um, a lot. They don't even have to cost anything. Sometimes the biggest impact is made without using any monetary resources, such as a gene week or free recess for their students while we watch their kiddos outside or root beer floats on a cart where you go classroom to classroom and make the teacher a classroom float, um, you know, um, chips and salsa bar or things like that that are can be inexpensive. We also do um, teacher of the month and they have a designated parking spot and they have a traveling trophy and they also have a traveling autograph t-shirt. So everyone, um, the one that gets it, whoever presents it to them, I start the process. I sign in um, the autograph t-shirt over to them and write a special message on the t-shirt. So this t-shirt's been going around our school for years. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, I, I was thinking back to, as you were talking about um, some things there, is that uh, when I was a principal, we, we took just a paper plate and, and the teacher would, would write their name on it or, or staff member. And we did it at the very beginning of the year. And then throughout our, you know, beginning of the year meetings, people would just go around and just write comments about, about that person. Mm -hmm. And what, what surprised me about that is seven, eight, nine years later, I'm visiting through classrooms and they still had that thing posted. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. They, they kept it for, for several years. It so. means a lot. And I've also, I try real hard to highlight my teachers in our staff newsletter and our parent newsletters, especially if they've won such type of award. Um, I think it's important for our families to know um, what great things our teachers are doing. Yes. Yes, for sure. So Margaret, tell us, what makes Wilson and Horseman the place to the the place to be? So Wilson and Horseman uh, pre-K site um, are some of the best places to be because of our master teachers, our community and parental support. Our PTA has been awarded the Blue Ribbon School of Excellence for like the third year in a row, one of the few in the state, I'm told. Um, Wilson is an arts integration school, and we're partners with the Kennedy Center, so that makes us very unique. Um, our alum are loyal and expect the best from us and support us in our endeavors. Um, that's why I think communication um, with our stakeholders is so important because they want to have input into our school community. All right. Well, very good. And so um, let's just kind of talk a little bit about um, your, your school there in that fact that you are a GE model school, but what you were just telling me before we started um, this podcast is that your school was a GE model school a while back, and then there, there was a break there, and then uh, and then y'all are back to, to being a GE model school again. So talk a little bit about that process in in achieving that that uh, status. So um, as you mentioned, uh, Wilson was a GE model school um, for several years, many years ago. Um, and then it wasn't a priority um, for a few years. And so then when I came on board, um, I um, 
you know, met with my leadership staff and not all of them were on board. Um, and so um, I started working with just the teachers and coaching um, our GE coach. Um, only, we only worked with the teachers who were on board that first year. And then the second year, as far as great expectation goes, um, our second year, we had a few more go on, come on board. And then my assistant principal, myself, um, went to Great Expectations Summer Institute with them two different summers, and we took six or eight teachers. So each year, the amount of teachers um, that um, had buy-in to Great Expectations um, grew. And so by the third year, at the beginning of the third year, we had everyone on board, but maybe one person. And so I just met one-on-one -on -one with this person and just shared the why behind it. And I mentioned that if you're doing, you know, GE, in my opinion, is not another program. It's how we do things. Um, so if they're doing best practices, then you're doing great expectations. It's not another dog and pony show. It's not um, that type of thing. But if you're doing great expectations, then or arts integration, you're doing best practices. You're doing great expectations. And after I explained the why behind it, this person, and I shared with them that we needed them on board. Um, they jumped on board with us and then we became a model school that third year. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's great. Um, so cor correct me if I'm wrong, Margaret, at one point, did, didn't the district, Oakland City Public School District, have a, um, an emphasis or a, a support that they, that they really wanted uh, GE uh, schools? Yes, is that, is that right? yes. Um, back in the Dean Davis days, um, that was a great expectation um, was a real focus. Um, great expectation has never gone away in our district. Um, I just think that um, like within um, my um, cluster of principals, about six or eight, we're all great expectation model schools. Um, we all perform very well. I think they go hand in hand, those high expectations. Um, GE was always here. I think just the change over the years in administrators and um, district personnel, um, you know, some of that focus um, was elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, very good. I, I, just, I just remember uh, seeing on Facebook, and of course, you know, being involved with Great Expectations myself, um, I, I just remember all the weekend uh, trainings that, that, that y'all were doing, and I was just so impressed with the fact that of how many people were willing to to give up their evenings and weekends in order to attend some some of the trainings? And so, um, okay, so let's move on. Um, uh, what is one piece of advice that you wish you would have known before stepping into the principalship? So, one thing I wish I'd realized before I stepped into the role of a principal is the mental strain um, that can sometimes lead to the physical strain. Um, it's the multitasking um, that is absolutely uh, absolute must as administrator. It's also um, imperative, I believe, to for uh, leaders to listen to your community, to our stakeholders, so we can continue the upward trajectory. Um, being an administrator today, more than ever, I believe in our history, um, the job is mentally challenging, and students are dealing with issues as a ripple effect from the pandemic. Um, one example of, you know, being flexible, I guess you could say, is um, our school is going through um, 
a construction of a new gym. And so um, we have about a fourth of our playground for our students to use. So basically it's just a grass, grass area. Um, and so that's been challenging. Um, but last week uh, we had to just move two classrooms to another part of the building because they were raising some walls and we just want to be extra safe. Um, so those kind of things of being flexible and then transferring the um, idea of flexibility onto your teachers and encouraging them that, hey, it's okay, we can move, it's gonna be okay. Um, I think it's super important um, as a leader to um, take that initiative, I guess you could say, with the staff, because sometimes we might not think it's convenient ourselves, but guess what? It, for safety, it needed to be done. So um, those type of um, issues or challenges come up all the time. And it's, you know, you just gotta keep smiling and be a good listener um, and always be respectful and polite. You know, I always say it doesn't cost anything to be polite. Um, a lot of times, um, you know, people just wanna, want us to listen to what they have to say. And a lot of times their ideas are better than mine. So I can learn a lot from them. That is true. <laughs> no one taught us uh, in grad school how to be a construction manager. <laughs> so, um, so on the flip side of that question, Margaret, if if you're going to talk to somebody who is going into the principalship or was aspiring to, what 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 advice would you want to give that person? Um, one piece of advice I'd give to a new administrator is to. Um, Sometimes you have to make those tough decisions. And sometimes those tough decisions make some people not happy, but you have to always keep in the forefront of your mind, what's the best for the child. I believe if you keep what's best for the child in the forefront of every decision you make, um, your decisions can't be wrong. Um, you've got to do what's best for kids. Um, I encourage new administrators to, like I said, listen more. Uh, then they speak um, and always um, make those connections with your people, with your stakeholders. You don't always have to win a conversation, so to speak. Um, you know, uh, surround yourself with outstanding leaders who uplift you. Um, continue, I, want, I would always encourage new um, principals to the field to always continue their education to participate in those professional developments and never stop learning. Um, it's normal to ask your colleagues for help, even principals that we've been doing it for a while, uh, we still ask for help from our colleagues and it's okay to ask for help. Um, and then apologize when you need to and, and then move on from it. Um, I think it's also really important for administrators to um, be careful what we say. Um, people only know what we tell them. If administrator grumbles, um, then the teachers who are watching them might not ever want to become a principal. Um, it may, you know, create a negative culture in the building if a principal's grumbling. Um, so a positive school culture is the goal. Uh, one thing that I like to um, do is look for the gold in people. You can always find the dirt. But that's not what we're looking for. We're looking for the gold. And you have to move tons and tons of dirt to find sometimes that one ounce of gold. But we're not looking for the dirt. We're looking for the gold in people. So if you look for the good in people, um, that's the way to go. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, good stuff. So, Margaret, you've been a member of OAESP and COSA for a while. So talk a little bit about why do you think it's important to be a member? Um, being a member of um, COSA and OAESP gives you access to outstanding leaders in the field. Um, you can listen to amazing speakers, participate in professional development opportunities. It's the networking with other um, administrators um, in the field and colleagues. It's a safe place to share great ideas um, with others during conferences. And it ultimately, these great ideas lead to student academic success. So it's a great, great place to network and get good ideas to share with your staff and your students, your stakeholders. All right. Yeah, that, that, those are all great, great reasons. And, uh, and I appreciate you being, being, being a member. Um, so as we kind of wrap this up, Margaret, the purpose of the OAESP podcast is to elevate the voices of Oklahoma administrators. So I'm just going to pass this right back to you just for some, some of your final thoughts. Um, my final thoughts, and I heard Dr. Gisala say this one time, a small investment in yourself can impact your entire teaching career. So find the joy in every day, find the gold in people. I know it's tiring getting up early, working late, working on weekends. However, learn, I think it's important to learn to love your people and look for the gold in everyday happenings. All right. Well, that's all good stuff. And I appreciate you joining the OAESP Principal Podcast. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you for listening to the OAESP Principal Podcast. Just a few events that we have coming up. The COSA Women in School Leadership Conference is April 5th and 6th, 2023 at the River Spirit Event Center in Tulsa. Keynote speakers include Jennifer Abrams. She is the author of Having Hard Conversations, Swimming in the Deep End, and Stretching Your Learning Edges, Growing Up at Work. And also Sherry Cole, the retired University of Oklahoma women's bas basketball head coach. Registration is now open. Go to COSA.org, that's www.ccosa.org, go to Professional Learning, and then click on Conferences, and you can register for that conference, and there's also a link to reserve your, your hotel room. The COSA Summer Leadership Conference is June 14th through 16th, 2023, at the Oklahoma City Convention Center in the Omni Hotel. Keynote speakers this year include Inky Johnson. Inky played football for the University of Tulsa and was projected as a top pick in the NFL draft when a life-threatening injury took, took place. Come hear his story of perseverance and determination to overcome his injury. Also, Gary Brooks will close out the conference. Mr. Brooks has a huge following on social media with his humorous videos that focus on real-world educational experiences. Registration for this conference will open in mid to late February, so mark your calendars for June 14th through 16th, 2023. You will not want to miss this year's summer conference. Thank you for listening to the OAESP Principal Podcast. Please subscribe and share the podcast with your friends. And as always, keep doing great things in our public schools.